are back on the lift. Lance here. Mike and I have a really fun show for you today. We're going to be going through a whole bunch of um, ski tips or ski hacks, as we call it in this era. And uh, it's just a bunch of stuff that we've thought about over the course of this season of uh, uh, putting together uh, episode after episode after episode. We would love it if you would take a second and check us out at ontheliftpodcast.com, our webpage. We would probably love it even more if you check us out on our Instagram site, which is on the lift podcast and follow us and we'll know to follow you back. If you have anything you want to tell us or say on Instagram, it's a great medium to leave us a message. We check it all the time. We've made some great new friends on Instagram and a couple of them have been on the show. Um, so, you know, maybe that's in your future. If you'd like to be on the show, just let us know and we can talk about that as well. Um, the other place you can reach us is at, uh, our phone number where you will leave us a message. It's a message phone, 253-260-4577. So with all that, um, information behind us and hopefully it's in a nice spot where you can pick it up. I just want to remind you, this is the show that is all things skiing. This is for everyone. This is for beginners. This is for advanced and everything in between. This is for the guy who's still riding the rope toe or the T-bar and hasn't even moved up to the chairlift. And it's also for the families that are trudging through those early days of bringing their kids to the mountain. But it's also for the double black diamond skiers, the hella skiers, the backcountry skiers. We've had episodes on, on backcountry avalanche training. We've had guys who go into the side country and the backcountry. Um, I also wanted to let you know a couple things after this episode coming up in the next couple weeks. One of which is one of the top experts in avalanche forecasting. He's a meteorologist who works for a TV station in the Seattle area. And then another one is a fellow who's working super hard as a long shot for coming into competing for his country in the Olympics. He's been featured on TV shows and magazines. And I tell you what, it's going to be a fun interview. Live from Greenwater Studios, this is On The Lift Podcast, your weekly show that is ultimately about skiing. This is the show that ducks the rope, earns some turns, dances in ski boots, poaches hot tubs, closes the bar, and still makes it on the first chair. Here's your hosts, two dudes who rip the pow, shred the gnar, and tell the tales, Lance Hester and Michael Gore. And we are on the lift. Hey, Lance, how you doing? Hey there, Mike. How you doing? It's good to be on the lift with you. It is great. I just got back from Bachelor a couple a week or so ago and had an awesome time out there skiing on that oh, gigantic I that mountain. Place. I love yeah. that place. Well, you know, I hope to go to Bachelor at the same time as you sometime because I think we'd have a lot of fun there. We Probably should coordinate some... that. For yeah, sure, we could do yeah. another live episode there like we did a year or two ago at, at Crystal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that seemed like forever ago. Um, I, we got a, a lot free, of comments on that. People we liked got that a, episode. That was a good one. We got a free hat from the Desch- the lovely people at Deschutes Brewing. They were promoting a new beer. They and, were. Uh, I think we interviewed them. So That was fun. Yeah, that was a long, long time ago. Maybe we can get a Deschutes mask now or something. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I was at, um, I went up to Crystal, not this current weekend but last weekend and and as has been the case for a few weeks now there was a ton of new snow and a 
ton of human beings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as the season progresses, you know, historically the crowds have kind of dropped and the yeah. snow kind of continues in March. I'm a big believer that March is the best month uh, at at least Crystal Mountain and in the Northwest in general. Yeah, so me we're too. Right I'm, I'm not, that. I'm not holding my breath this year though, because we don't have uh, the near volume of, of families transitioning to little league and yeah, and, true. you know, whatever. Um, traditional spring breaks because they can kind of go when they want with yep. uh, zoom school and those sorts of things but yeah, yeah. no one's heading to whistler either for the you know the ski and snowboard festival that happens right. in the spring and and getting up there for spring skiing so yeah we're gonna stay yep. we're gonna stay concentrated for a bit but it's still worth it to get up there and make turns so yeah, well, just thankfully it's open you know it's been such yeah. a fun thing to do i mean e even this last weekend i was joking about it being crowded crowded is crowded for a couple hours in the morning most places and you know and if you pick your your turf you know i i was able to go up on a right angle ridge at crystal mountain mm -hmm. you know i don't know 10 30 or so by the time i made my way over to that part of the mountain and there was still you know lots of pockets of fresh to be had so yeah it's out there it's not worth uh, saying no i'm not going just because it might be crowded right and the other thing is the early lunch. I, I know we talked about this at the beginning of the season with just some tips looking forward to what we were going to need to do this season. But I found that to really work where if you get your lunch in around 11 uh -huh. and get back out on the slopes around noon, uh, those lift lines have really die down. So that's yeah. filed that under well, duh, but uh, I love it. I've really found it to work. So which which brings us to kind of the topic of today's episode, right? Which that's right. We're going to be talking about some ski hacks, some some tips that at least we figured out over the years and uh you know things to kind of make skiing a little bit easier uh based on just combined i don't know what do we have 70 Jeez. years of skiing between <laughs> us least, yeah something like that yeah, these are these are number. rooted in lots of mistakes <laughs> lots of doing it otherwise <laughs> That's and right. uh you know it's just lots of little anecdotal times on the hill and um so we like to think of many of them as well-kept secrets that are gonna they're gonna be helpful we always want to be helpful don't we mike we try we try <laughs> to serve you know the people so uh yeah and you know by all means if you guys have ideas and hacks uh, shoot them to us at our instagram um on the lift ski podcast on the lift podcast yeah uh, you'll you'll see our little orange logo on there if you're not following us on instagram already hit us up give us a follow uh, we try to put more and more content on there and it's a great way to interact with us um, you can also call us and leave a voicemail which you know we're uh, we're still kind of stuck in the 90s in a lot of ways and and we find that the voicemail thing works so yes. Lance what's our number our number is 253-260-4577 253-260-4577 and you can leave a voice message on there like you know a caller did who we're going to be interviewing maybe later today. And he was, he was sort of joking about being an old school and maybe some of our, maybe some of our <laughs> listeners don't know about leaving voice messages, but we will take them. Um, and actually some of these tips today come from some listeners. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, Mike, one of the tips that I think I, I wanted to talk a, a couple tips that relate to um, getting back to the, the episode with the halls, you know, the family ski planning episode, um, that made me think of a couple of tips from when my kids were really little and guys like you who didn't have kids yet would come down at noon and say hi and tell me how great it was up above and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. I realize now the pain it caused. <laughs> well, I'm not bitter. 
<laughs> well, not as bitter. No. And, and, you know, my back's hurting and I got stuff everywhere and you're juggling equipment and screaming at your kid to eat that piece of pizza you brought up from four days ago. <laughs> but anyhow, a couple of tips from that era. That really was a beautiful era. I'm just making bad remarks to right, some of the right. negative sides. Um, one of those is, you know, the first probably dozen times you ski with a young kid, you know, like a two to five or six year old, leave the poles in the car. You don't need yeah. poles. You're going to spend yeah. more time picking up kid carnage mm -hmm. than you are needing to get your own balance. And it's just two less things to think about. And then I guess the, the sort of sub, the sub tip to that one is once they get a little older and you don't have to pick them up all the time, but you're still having to, you know, put on boots and adjust gloves and, and goggles and all that and being an enabler <laughs> to their skiing just get rid of the straps you don't need them you're not gonna you know fall down a steep hill that has you hiking up you know 50 yards in deep snow um get rid of the straps and you will be much relieved yeah that's a safety thing too you know i i don't know it's it's i've always undone my straps when i'm skiing in the trees because uh -huh. you never know when you're going to get your and it's happened a million times where you get your pole in between two branches all it of a sudden your arms uphill behind you so yeah it's a risk benefit thing and it seems like the benefit of having pole straps and i know we may be igniting a controversy here but oh, we might. i just i i don't see the upside versus the risk um and to your point about kids with uh with poles yeah it's they're so low to the ground you know having them put their hands out front and, you know, however, whatever metaphor you can give them, Hey, pretend you're carrying a tray in the cafeteria, get your hands out in front of you. That is so much more valuable as they learn to ski. Plus they can then just grab onto your poles. You know, you don't have a million things to, to manage in and out of yeah. the car. And my kids started like the way that I kind of did it was once they started asking me if they could have poles, it's like, okay, that's, that's the age now where they realize they don't have them. Well, it's a good, it's a good goal setter, you know, and, and I yeah. guess I was referring to parents. You don't need poles for yourself the first several times with your kids. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. But you're, I mean, I should have said that what you're saying, the kids certainly don't need poles. Yeah. And, and what I, I think what you were just starting to say is like, it's a great kind of first goal because I remember yeah. the same thing you're saying, dad, can I use my poles this week? Dad, can I, you know, it's sort of like, yeah. I'm ready for all the equipment. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. See, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, getting through flat, I mean, all the things that poles are good for, um, you know, now I kind of have kind of cut it to the other end of the curve where, you know, my daughter's like, do I really need poles? I'm like, yeah. Cause I'm not going to pull you through the flats every time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. These, these are for, uh, they're not just, not just for show. So that's right. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. Um, yeah, because when you, when you're dealing with all of the other accoutrements to teach kids to ski, just ditching poles in general, probably a good place. Yes. The other, the, the only other one that I was really shining through for, for teaching your kids to ski at that era and stuff is if you can afford it, get everyone a pass because, um, stopping to buy tickets and putting on the little, you know, wicket and sticker and all that, it sounds, sounds like no big deal, mm -hmm. but it, it is when you're carrying at least two people's stuff Yeah, and it's a momentum breaker, but also like then you won't be afraid to go if you go up there and it's raining and you make a run and everyone's miserable, you can get in the car and go home. Um, and you know, you won't be obsessed with whether you spent $129 on your lift ticket that day. 
Right. Exactly. So that's a, a problem that money can just solve. Right. So that's right. And if you, yeah, <laughs> but you know, and it does, sometimes you can get a, uh, I remember crystal used to do a pass for kids that was like, you know, 50 bucks or it was free just, you know, and it would connect your credit card or whatever for incidentals and stuff, but it, it kept it, it avoided that stop. Like you yes. said, you, you wouldn't have that break in the day. So it doesn't, yes. it doesn't always necessarily mean you have to spend big bucks on a pass. Sometimes you can just figure out what the, and you know, it's interesting. Almost every resort I've been to lately has switched over to RFID tickets. Yeah. You know, the, the ones that just stay in your pocket and most of them work pretty well. Um, yeah. Sometimes you hug that. that yeah. You kind of in the wrong pocket, but yeah. You have to hip check it a little bit, <laughs> but right. uh, I noticed bachelor, well. yeah, at bachelor, I didn't really have to do any undulations that just went right through and it, it seemed to ding it every time. Now, um, I, Crystal for, for whatever reason has maintained the, you know, the, the wicket system. Um, so, you know, independent but, uh, zappers. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but, but most mountains are, you know, where you buy the ticket once you reload it. Yeah. Any equipment that you'd have for that while we're talking about family and young kids and that kind of thing, you know, uh, gummy bears in your pocket, some sort of yeah. candy they don't know about is always a surprise. There you go. Uh, something that they, you know, wouldn't expect that that can, if you need to kind of elevate the energy or elevate or the bribe mood, them. you can always yep. bribe them with candy. Having some protein snacks helps too. Yep. Um, let's see the edgy wedgie for sure. Now the edgy wedgie is it's a little bungee, like piece of surgical tubing with like two clamps with thumb screws that you put on their tips. And it basically makes them into a, you know, they can't help but pizza. Right. They can't right. help but do a snowplow. Um, so for real little kids, I'm talking two, three, you know, um, <clears throat> definitely. I, I think that helped their skiing a lot. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And it's easy to keep in your pocket. And once they get to the point where they're French frying more than their pizzaing, you can just take that thing off. And and it's another and, goal setter to ditch the, ditch the edgy wedgie. It's, they, exactly. don't, don't let them have a dependency on it. Yeah. Right. And, and you can actually, if you, if you have it in there on the tips, pretty good, you can like use one finger or two fingers and carry both skis by the edgy wedgie kind of yeah. hanging over them. So, right. And also if, if you need, you know, if you get into some sort of a personal defense situation, you can use their skis as like nunchucks. <laughs> so that's good. It doesn't happen often, but you know, you always need to be prepared, whether it's a grizzly bear you know, or some or, punk, or, some punk or, with an attitude <laughs> or an aggressive telemarker. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. Well, I wanted to move into a couple equipment hacks and um, well, actually this one's not really equipment hack. It's just a technique hack. When you put your skis on the roof of your car, many people have not even thought that it might be a good idea to just wear some thin gloves. I don't want mm -hmm. you cutting your, your hands on those right. on your uh, edges or pinching your hands between two skis. So yes. it's really good to have a pair of gloves just for throwing the four or five pair of skis up on the roof rack. That's a good tip. The one tip I'll piggyback onto that to your point, uh, when you're setting your skis against the side of your car, make <laughs> sure they're secure. Um, and they, and they hardly ever are. So I've, kind of evolved to never doing that Lay now i know i know that i know that there's magnetic devices and, and stuff that will help and you know on days when the parking lot's a slushy muddy mess that's when you're most tempted to do it um in that case i'd say put the tip on the bumper but you know 
it never fails. You put your skis up against the side of the car. Someone closes the door. Someone gets out. The car moves on the suspension, and then you know you, you <laughs> yeah, slash the detail your shop. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I like the uh, I, I like the glove idea because usually you're standing on your running board with ski boots on, which is precarious, right? <laughs> which is not good. Which yeah. is not great. So you're gonna you're gonna go down, and then you're gonna have one hand for the car, one hand in the ski, and, and get sliced up by edges. So yeah, definitely a good tip. Yeah. Well, you know, um, they, I saw on Instagram, someone's selling a, some deal. I think it, I don't remember if it's suction cup or magnet, but you put it on the side of your car. Yeah, it's that's designed to lean your skis on. Yeah. yeah. That just looks like a disaster right now. But I don't, yeah. <laughs> better I, than not, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I guess where do you put it? Like, like so many things in skiing that try to help. And I'll put this in the category as cat tracks. And remember that thing in skiing magazine in the eighties that would, it was like a clamp that would fold up and then you could put a bike lock through it. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. by the same ski people lock. that yeah. ski tote, ski tote, tote. Yeah. Yeah. The ski tote. I think I have one around here somewhere. It's teal. <laughs> it was made by the people that made the rear gear. <laughs> Is okay. that, was that the uh the the fanny pack that had yeah. the plastic line thing to put beverage in yes the rear okay. gear was a fanny pack that had it looked like some sort of a home medical device like a bedpan or something but <laughs> and that was insulated in styrofoam so you could yes. put you know hot or cold beverages it was the evolution of the boda bag basically it really was, it was uh, but it was made step. by the ski tote people so i digress but the point is things that are going to get also wet wet <laughs> all soft. blank cassette tapes and ski poles i mean that's diversity i was up in bellingham uh for work and, and i saw there's an all soft office they make like high-end like you know scientific stuff but then i guess maybe someone there skied too so let's make shock they were the shock absorber ski pole people right they were yeah they were. yeah so. the springs in the handles <laughs> right and i think and i think they made <laughs> I think they made like head cleaners for cassette decks. I think, okay. Yeah. I remember, I remember something about them in the cassette tape world, but getting back to my point, thank you. Th <laughs> things that you get dirty and then you're going to put back in your pocket or back in your car, just eliminate them from your kit, you know, uh, <laughs> or bring, cat a, tracks. bring a rag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Microfiber towels. That's something I've, when I travel to ski, I started throwing those yellow microfiber towels. We use them on the boat all the time. They're great. Um, Throw yeah. a couple of those in your bag because you, you always need to have those around. Um, you know, I have a newer car right now, so I'm trying to be disciplined and not put wetty, wet, muddy skis in there. Oh, yeah. So um, something I've, I've figured out in Bachelor too, if it's a sunny afternoon and your skis are covered in snow, set them in the sun for like five minutes while you're getting back in the car and everything. Yeah. And the rest of that snow will kind of evaporate off. So that's that's neat and tidy. I like it is. It. It well, is. while we're talking about skis and racks, um, so Kristen has this, this car that has, um, the factory racks that go, you know, frontward to backward, mm -hmm. but it didn't come with the crossbars that you could, you know, put ski racks on sure. or bike racks or whatever. So, um, we really needed them. So I, I got a hold of, uh, some different, um, retailers that sell both Thule and Yakima and other brands. And the parts that would fit that particular car, you know, those are really easy to work through. You put in the model, you put in the year and all that kind of stuff and yeah. tell them what, what kind of factory equipment's on there and it spits out what you need. I think that's well, what, called fitment. fitment. Fitment, okay. Yeah, that's the, they, have a, they can help you with fitment. Well, the fitment consulting resulted in needing certain parts that 
because of, I guess, COVID and the way that the ski industry has gone crazy and the bike industry has gone crazy, you could not get these parts. Just flat out couldn't. No matter if you could afford them, you'd have to look on Craigslist or whatever. So I had this weird idea to swing by Harbor Freight Tool. Yes, I've, big I've fan. Bought, yeah, I'm a big fan of browsing through Harbor Freight Tool. And um, lo and behold, they had crossbars, universal crossbars bars that will fit on many, many different types of vehicles. And they happen to fit on her car just fine. And, and here's the deal. $59.99. Wow. For two of them? Yeah. For two. That's they gave amazing. You both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I have a newer Chevy and uh, the crossbars for those, if you buy them from Chevy are 550 bucks for two. Oh. So, but it's, a, they changed the design of the rails. So I'm kind of stuck until Thule and Yakima and those other companies come up with their version of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of stuck because they're flush. They don't, they don't have a gap underneath them. Oh, you can see, clamp something hers had it. the gap and these, probably right. depend upon the gap but the the that's that's great and do they come with like some sort of a rust cleaner that to take the streaks off her car when they eventually <laughs> when they eventually they're aluminum road they are actually aluminum. <laughs> are they they're, actually aluminum yeah nice. i mean they're okay. they're they're an inferior product from a uh, man or machining standpoint compared yeah. to the the big boys but i tell you what they're available and they yeah. actually they come with locks and um they're compatible with both Thule and yakima racks the nice. way that the you know the crossbars yeah um, those crossbars are a really simple part of that whole equation and, and yeah. you know it's nice that they're sort of universal and they're nice looking they're not it's not like you're putting on the old uh one with the rubber straps from the late 80s or whatever yeah. you know and, and the bar crafters yeah they hooked in yeah. the gutters yeah yeah i had the gutter one okay yeah. well i was picturing that they were made out of like a rebar and <laughs> well you would think for 59.99 and strips of old tire or something but i know that's but a I good still tip. think i still think that brian from from our last episode number 29 the ski artistry i think he needs to team up with these guys and make a ski rack out of skis but i digress that is that's using the whole buffalo right there <laughs> that is ski rack out of skis that's i like right. it and you know it's possible right you've got weatherproof materials so that's right all right so your turn was, well we've covered a lot in terms of uh getting in and out of your car keeping stuff managed and everything um some of my hacks these are more like just general skiing knowledge that you need to have and, and is essential to pass down to the younger generation and i had I a like chance it. to do that to some of my daughter's friends uh, when we were skiing at bachelor so uh -huh. uh, the first technique is you see this a lot at the end of like big air competitions uh, uh -huh. you know someone does it you know sends it twists it <laughs> they send it they huck it they do a double twisty flippy and then they they land do, do the big turn at the bottom and then they take their skis off without using their poles right so you kind of like do it like you kick off a pair of slippers you take one ski tail get the first binding off and then you take your other boot, right right that off then you then you pick them up and she you know to get the sponsor shot right with your skis so uh so i was able to impress my my daughter's friends with how i could just kick my skis off without using my poles well i've seen so, two versions of that are you talking about the one where you you stop and then you use your the base of one ski to step down on the heel yeah. piece of your binding yeah exactly you, okay you do that um the opposite of that is when you're putting your boots in your bindings you know you can you can click the snow off your boots with your pole or you just take your heel and kind of click it on your toe piece that's a good you know, just kind of scrape that's one of my favorite it took me until i was about 35 years older yeah that one yeah. And you know, when you've got those, like, I know you like those composite poles, those don't really have much heft when you whack them against right. your boot. They so no heft. 
Yeah, exactly. So, well, you know, if, if that's all you can do with your pole, if, if you, you know, like it's too deep a snow to do what you're talking about by just scraping them on the tips, toes of your bindings, mm-hmm. you can turn your pole upside down and use the grip side. So you get a little more momentum on that whack on the sole of your yeah. shoes or sole of your boot. So. Right. Exactly. Get a full swing on it. So and we're full. So that's hacks. one. That's, that's one binding related hack. The next one is um, if, if someone's in front of you, that you're familiar with um, and the line's moving slow and it's not like a powder day. This is not shenanigans that should ever be done in a powder day. I'll give that disclosure. That'll get you, you know, that will get you a code. That'll get you a code red. (laughs) (laughs) That will get you the power bar in the ski side. Okay. Well, what is it Um, that would get the code red? Because this sounds scary. So just put your pole right on their binding heel piece and then as they as the line scoots forward and as they kind of move forward as well, you push down and then they'll eject from their right feet. when they just put their knee into their momentum. Yeah. And then they'll come out of their ski. Now everyone should know this, but you know, I want to make sure that this is passed down to the next generation. And I'm I'm doing my part with with my, you know, with my people. Yeah, it would be against the soul of the sport to not know that. Yeah. That that's so those those two are uh if you've made uh, it through middle school ski school without learning that trick, you had a bad yep a bad experience bad ski yep. experience well um, those are good ones you know i i wanted to follow up because we've had a couple um requests in our inbox on food on the mountain during covid and you know i've, I've actually been haven't been all that deprived during covid because i've been using the same recipe that i've used for a few years that i think you're familiar with for when you bring your own lunch the um, sack of bagels <laughs> no oh no that was the old that was the previous uh that was 1.0 the sack of bagels is a good one yeah bagels a are good a good one. a good sandwich because they fit in most your pockets mm-hmm. if you use cream cheese and some kind of meat it won't get soggy nope. this is a an iteration of that and it's the um the turkey roll up or the turkey uh what do you call those um uh <laughs> when you roll something up in a tortilla um uh <laughs> i'm sorry i'm a, a burrito Kind of like a burrito. All right. So you take your turkey, <laughs> you take your, you take your uh, tortilla, you mm-hmm. put a bunch of cream cheese on it. You put turkey yep. on it. And if you're, if it's, you're making it the same day, then you yeah. put avocado on it as well. Well, you cut, and you could also put a little cranberry sauce if it's around the holidays. You could, you could, mm-hmm. and you, you cut the thing in half and, and both halves, once you roll it up nice and tight, a wrap, I'm sorry, that's yeah. what I'm calling it. Turkey wrap. Right. Gosh, it took me a minute. Then you, both halves will fit in one, you know, standard plastic bag, sandwich bag. And, you know, if it gets mutilated in your pocket, it gets mutilated in your pocket. It's going to taste the same. Right. It's, exactly. And, and it, you do, I'll tell you what, it's the opposite of peanut butter and jelly. That is the last thing that you should try and put in your pocket. Peanut butter and jelly does not compress well. No, it squeezes through the, it the fibers of the bread too. Yeah. I mean, my impression with peanut butter and jelly in the backcountry or in the outdoors is you need to bring the components and then assemble them in the field. Yes. Because yeah, they do not travel well, but, uh, Definitely. But yeah, cream, cream cheese, meat, whether it's, you know, you buy a, buy a bag of bagels, right. And then like assemble all six of them into sandwiches and, and you're set for the, your whole family. That's right. So, or, and or you make, make the them wraps. quick it's, when you do that too. And, and then put them all right back in the same bagel bag. Yep, exactly. Um, another tip we had written down here, um, tachos, if they have tachos in the bar, always go for those, right? You just do. It's and, part of the deal. And if you don't know what tachos are, it's a great opportunity to uh, become acquainted. They're nachos made with tater tots and they just go really well with skiing for some reason. They're probably only selling individual serving sizes of those right now with, you know, 
germs and everything but <laughs> but winter 2022 when we have the uh tacho it up the, the post party for the on the lift for the 24-hour uh, endurance ski championship and wherever it is hosted we will have a giant bowl of tachos <laughs> yes we will right next to the bobbing for apples <laughs> which i don't think that's ever is bobbing for apples ever coming back i think i think the sun is set on that one even before COVID, I was like, this is just not good. I haven't been to a harvest party, whether kids, Cub Scouts or otherwise, <laughs> that had bobbing for apples in years. <laughs> Some of our listeners know what a harvest party is. So while we're talking about food, I found the perfect backpackable thermos. If you want that coffee midday and you don't want to uh -huh. stand in line or you're averse to paying, you know, six bucks for black coffee, um I, and you can find it on amazon i actually looked before we got on here it's just a thermos brand 17 ounce stainless steel thermos and okay. it's got the screw you gotta get if, if even if you don't go with that brand guys yeah you gotta have the screw top for the part on the inside you know the, the right right the part yeah that you positive closure yeah you don't want to mess with any buttons or any flip tops you need it screw top and it'll keep it's like this one it says on here it's triple layer and it I mean, I can't even believe how hot things are after like five, mm -hmm. six hours. So that's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, after you're done with your coffee in the morning, fill that bad boy with water. And then you've got your, uh, got something to drink after your hike up South back after lunch. That's right. Or if you, um, don't mind a little, um, kind of bitterness added to some beer that you pour in there from the coffee leftover, <laughs> you can have yeah. whatever you want cold in there. Well, yeah. Or, or some whiskey, if you need to keep, you know, <laughs> Keep in case in case you find an aval you know in case you you find somebody that's been stranded in the backcountry and you need to warm them up yes again it's all about helping now i'm looking for some help for a hack from some listeners and and i'm i i feel a little edgy even asking this question but a number of our listeners have asked us and we've given them uh stickers we have pretty cool stickers and my question is, how do people get those things on the, the, the riblet, you know, on the, the piling that holds up the yeah. chairlift without putting their life at risk, leaning over, you know, and having their buddy hold onto their, you know, yeah. I don't know, their pants or something. Sure. There. Yeah. Sure. Have, you, have you ever seen someone do that? Uh, you know, I've, I've oft thought of that. And it's in the same category as the bar that has the dollar bills stuck to the ceiling. Yeah, uh, you know, there's definitely a trick and a technique to it. I'm thinking just on the back of a pole and you kind of double side it like when you're trying to stick a poster to the wall with one piece of tape, you know, I I'm not sure. Yeah, if anyone out there knows I don't how want to do hurt it. themselves trying it. Yeah, but I just, yeah, again, I'm just curious we'll how that, that happens. Yeah, and if, you know, it's just a curiosity. It's not like I'm going to go do them doing that with any of our stickers. If so I you're learn. talking about on the on the pole, like yeah, the pole, the, the big pole that holds up the yeah. chairlift, you know, every right. 40 or 50 feet yeah yeah that that's like an arm's length but you'll see it them sometimes be. on the crossbar yeah you'll see them in some interesting places yeah yeah and um and then um another hack is um the phone your telephone we're always going to have phones with us these days i'm sure there's a few purists who actually leave their phone in their car or whatever but you want to keep that thing in a pocket that's not immediately exposed to the cold weather because it'll, mm -hmm. it'll rip your battery down to zero in an hour. Yep. Um, so you want to take your phone and stick it on an inside pocket. If you got one inside pocket, uh, more or insulation put, or put one of those hand heater things in there. 
<laughs> you think so? Yeah. And actually, reaction. <laughs> I, it was so cold at bachelor. I had to go in the ski shop for the obligatory, you know, boot warmers and hand warmers and everything. Oh yeah. Even though I have, I have no fewer than three of the Costco boxes of those things in my garage, <laughs> right. but I just always forget to take them. Right. So I'm paying exorbitant prices per Same year. Amount but for one is the whole box. Yeah. I noticed they had the boot, the toe warmers that, you know, you stick on your, on your sock. They had I'm a the believer. warmers. I'm a believer. Uh, they th that saved that saved the day because it was freezing in the morning then once you get in the sun of course you're you know overheating but uh i noticed that they were selling it, it was called a phone warmer and it was designed to go it was a little like forget how it exactly worked but the basic concept was yeah because yeah your phone will be 60 percent, and you're like oh i'm good for the day and then you look down and it's at one yeah just and then you go in the lodge for an hour and it's fine but but yeah um well i didn't even know about that product i'll have to take a look for one of those i like that idea so you just you like the rest you take it out of a plastic bag and stick your phone in it for the day and then you throw it away interesting yeah, or, or if you have one of those heater heated vests then you know you could probably just put it in one of those inside pockets and yeah you're, you're gonna be good to go but uh it's a balance between having access because you know i mean not that we're on social media all day but if you want to post a picture to, you know, and send it to us or, or, or look at our Instagram page, you know, you, you need to have it accessible. Yeah. On the lift podcast on Instagram, that one, that one on the ground. All right. Hey, uh, okay. I have another one that I think you taught me this because you were kind of a, a media guy early on back in the nineties. If you're taking pictures of each other skiing, or if you're taking video of each other skiing, Tell the, if you're the guy doing the, the cinematography or the photography, probably just using your cell phone, tell them to ski really close to you. Yep. Because otherwise they're going to look like they're a million miles or whatever, lots of distance away. Yeah. A couple things with that. It's kind of like taking a picture of a fish where you, you want to have them put their hands out towards you. And then the fish looks ginormous. So I'm doing this <laughs> right now. Um, but the other, so perspective is important, right? Like, something that looks really steep and gnarly tends to flatten out in the picture, especially if you take it from downhill. So if you want to make something look, if, you know, realistically as steep as it is, or maybe a little steeper, um, make sure you're shooting down the hill at them. Right? Uh -huh. Okay. And, and the other thing you can do is cheat the camera and angle it uphill a little bit. And then that'll make the angle, it'll, it'll adjust and it'll, it'll make it, you know, come out more accurate. Um, and just if you're going to ask them to ski at you, make sure that they're good enough <laughs> that you can trust them to do that without wiping you out. Right. Then you get some real, you know, I don't know. You end up getting better footage anyways, but uh, yeah. crash into you. <laughs> that's, but no, that's Yeah. So always shoot uphill, you know, tilt the camera to, to give it a little. And then, you know, uh, something you used to see in ski magazines in the 90s was wide angle lenses would always make jumps look bigger. So <laughs> right. if, you're, if your phone has the wide angle, you know, I, I have a, an and a galaxy but it's like the there's th picture of three trees and then two trees and one tree right that for like normal point of view telephoto and then a wide angle put it on that wide angle and have them ski close to you and it'll just look more dramatic Ooh, that sounds cool that must be what they do like it's that time of year where i'm starting to see gap jumps across the road to mount baker yeah, you know there's like yeah. a eight foot wall or maybe 12 foot wall of snow on either side and then they show some dude like suspended in midair jumping across this thing and he looks like he's 75 feet up in the air and it just fish eye can't yep. be yep. <laughs> you think it's i used okay. to have a fisheye lens on my oh wow on my vx 1000 sony three chip digital camera and really? that thing was three amazing because it would make oh yeah which is crazy because <laughs> a nokia phone nokia flip phone has a better camera than that thing now but uh 
Yeah, it it, it, it just is. it really makes someone look like they're in outer space. That's um, cool. They're in the air. Well, you know, speaking of outer space, and you used the word cheat a little while ago. Um, I haven't done this since I was probably younger and dumber, but if you are an aspiring um, uh, aerialist and you want to do your first, I guess some people would call them a 360. Back in the day, the 70s, dude, we'd call them a helicopter. Heli. Um, heli. And, and you're, you're, past the point heli. Of doing, you're past the point of doing a twist, you know, a 90 degree yeah. twist and pulling it back like the old school bump run guys. With 207s, that was like an ab workout, man. <laughs> that would be but if you want to if you want to do your first 360 and do it in front of your buddies and um hopefully you're about 14 years old and you know your dad can coach you through this if he's the one listening to this podcast when you find your little ramp or your mogul or your jump or whatever you can so so here here's the deal your goal is to take off and land without getting hurt right and so you can you can cut off 360 of those degrees by about probably 50 degrees if you approach the ramp at an angle so you start your rotation before you even leave leave the ramp mm -hmm. and then yeah. your your goal is to make sure you get past the three quarters of a way around mark so so like past 270 degrees right and then you're yeah. probably going to be able to ski away and if you position yourself so you're kind of going across the mountain and you're starting you're so, so you're kind of skiing up the ramp like up the mountain a little bit and then you spin around and gravity's with you you know you don't have to make it the full 360 to feel like you've accomplished a helicopter that's very true yeah you kind of take a little bit of that full 360 out by your angle coming in um, and then you don't lose that orientation which is where a lot of people go wrong right like you yeah. spin and then you, so spotting your landing as soon as you can is essential too. That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then you yeah. can cheat 20, 30, 40 degrees off of it without, right. uh, and, and so then you work up to the full 360 and you'll be even prouder, but it gives yeah. you the confidence to work up to it. Yep. And then another is just, yeah, just doing that 180. Just if there's a little bump next to a lift tower or something on a blue run and it's safe, and there's no one around, just, just practice having the confidence to get up in the air and then spin your skis underneath you and land backwards. Yes. Once you, once you get that feeling of, especially with twin tips now, I mean, we've had twin tips for 20 years now, but yeah. you, you kind of have that confidence of landing backwards and that takes a lot of the fear out of it. Um, and the other thing too, is like just on dry land training, when you're, you know, goofing around, running on a trail or something, just do a spin, just jump in and see which side do you prefer to spin to? Because that's, that's a good idea. You don't want to fight is if you're, you know, it's like being regular foot or goofy foot skateboarding. It's going to feel a lot more comfortable. I happen to spin to the right and most people spin to the left. So um, I see. So yeah. you're either goofy foot or regular. Yeah. yeah. And like I surfers know that's like I do it all the time and I don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't either. I don't either. I'm just thinking of a couple hacks and that was, right. that was one of them. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, my, my list is, I mean, there's a few more things, but, but my list is pretty much exhausted. Um, you know, we were talking about food earlier and I'll just give a little teaser. Um, in an upcoming episode, we've got a, Mike and I have a mutual friend who has spent, he's got a job where he can work remotely and he rented a place at White Pass for two months and he's on his way home today. Actually, it's the end of those two months. He skied every single one of those days. And on weekends, he's become the barbecue car lodge guy. His tailgate has a barbecue and he, he will tell us about the extent to which he has gone to feed the bellies of people in that parking lot. 
that sounds awesome. And even after, you know, we're done with this COVID stuff, I think those are going to be transferable skills that we're going to want to keep going. So, yeah. You know, I, I sure that. hope so. Yeah. Awesome. I think it's awesome. Great. Well, hopefully this has been informative. I'm kind of through my list too. I, yeah, sure good. We'll, All right. We're... We'll get some from our listeners, but uh, hopefully you guys uh, picked up one or two things from yeah. combined 90 years. <laughs> That's probably true. You know, and um, hit us on the Instagram. You can send us a note there about what your hacks are. Or, you know, frankly, if you have a subject that you'd like us to cover, um, we have taken those tips to heart and covered some already this season we've made some great new friends on there and so yeah that we do check our inbox on instagram um and so it's on the lip podcast on instagram we are at on the podcast.com on the internet on the web and our phone number is 253-260-4577 it's a message number so leave us a message and we'll get back to you in one way, shape, or form. Um, and we'll uh, potentially, you know, play your message on the air if, or on on the pod if if uh, if you want. Just go ahead and say, "Hey guys, that we give you consent to uh, to play it, so that we got that squared away." But and yeah, feel like free to, to feel free to leave us a, a hashtag on Instagram yeah. too. If you got something cool you want to have, go to the hashtag on the lift podcast. Um, we'd love to see it collect up there with others. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like Lance said, we've, this has really grown. We've got a lot of our guests and a lot of our topics come from, from people reaching out and uh, sending us a message or sending us a voicemail. So um, we're, we're both pretty busy guys and this is something that we love doing, but uh, it's, it's awesome when, you know, some of the ideas for the shows come from you guys and, and uh, we can just focus on talking about them. So it's a community, Mike. It's a community. It's, a community. it's not just you, the Lance it's and Mike village. spotlight. Yes, no. it does. This is a movement. Yes, <laughs> it is a movement. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, I um, am going to put my tips up and I'm uh, uh, going to put that bar up and uh, get off this lift. Yeah. Bar <laughs> up, tips up, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next, uh, next episode. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Wait, wait. Hang on. This is Lance. I'm back. I am going to open up a clubhouse room. If you've got that new app on the iPhone called Clubhouse, it's been around a few months, I guess. Um, I'm going to open one up this week, so keep an eye out for one. If I can call it On The Lift Podcast, I will. I may just call it Skiing and Snowboarding, and it would just be fun to talk to some of you folks about skiing and snowboarding and maybe some ideas for the show. And just want to hear where you've been hanging out and what you've been doing and, and how you've been managing COVID era skiing and snowboarding. And uh, anyhow, I just, I've been listening to it for a couple of weeks and I think it would be a great place for us to have a little bit of a community. So find us there and um, I'll try and schedule it a day or so ahead, but you never know. I've got a really busy life. Thanks again for listening. Visit us at ontheliftpodcast.com, where you can listen to back episodes of the podcast. You'll also find show notes, feedback box, and our call-in number, 253-260-4577.